Our scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rushing of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them. And a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deed of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what Joel spoke, the prophet spoke. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this word. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will open our minds and our understandings to receive it. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will give me your thoughts to be my own as I share from it. And we ask, O oh Lord, that we might take this word and apply it to our lives. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't you love it when somebody makes you a promise and they actually keep it? Because so many people don't anymore, you know? You call somebody to come fix something at your house, and you wait, and you wait, and they don't show up. <laughs> you know, it's great when somebody promises something and they keep it. They actually do it. And Jesus had promised his disciples that after he left them, they would not be left alone. 
He promised them that if he went back to the Father, he would send the Holy Spirit to be with them. But there was a gap. There was a time in which they had to wait for the fulfillment of that promise. There was a time in which they had to prepare for it, to get ready for it, to have that time of prayer and dedication and gathering together in order to receive the promise that Jesus had made to them. And so Jesus had told them to stay in Jerusalem, the place where he had been crucified, and wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And the scripture says that, that when they were all together in one place, of one accord, everybody together, I'm sure that some of them were already starting to get weary of praying and waiting. A sound like that of a rushing violent wind came and filled the entire house. And I know that we have all tried to imagine what that must have been like, that rushing wind coming in. But it says that the sound of a rushing wind, not an actual wind, came in. And have you ever had a sound and couldn't find the source of that sound and started looking everywhere to see where it was coming from? I can only imagine the disciples gathered in that house going, do you hear that? Yeah, I hear that. It's getting louder. Where is it coming from? I don't know. And the sound was so strong that the scripture says that it filled the entire place where they were gathering. And people must have heard it outside. It must have been really loud. And then the scripture says that tongues of fire appeared and rested on each and every one of them. And I love that. They didn't have to share tongues of fire. Each one got their own. Each person that was gathered there got this tongue of fire. And I'm sure that some of them were going, do you see what's over you? He says, it's over you too. Look, it's over every one of us. Every one of them in that house. The scripture tells us that there was over 120 believers there that had gathered together waiting for this promise. And the Holy Spirit came to deliver and they had the tongues of fire going. And devout Jews from every nation had gathered in Jerusalem because of Pentecost. Pentecost was a harvest festival. And so people from all over came back to Jerusalem to celebrate this festival of thanksgiving to God. So the city was already full. There was people from all over the place. Luke gives us a great detailed list of all the different places they might have been from. But I bet you if you went out and did an actual census, there was probably a lot more places represented there because there was Jews from all over the world that traveled back to the holy city. And you know, there's something about commotion and noise that always gets our attention because we are nosy by, by nature. You know, your neighbor starts playing loud music. You, before you complain, you go check it out to see if it's a party and you can go in. And the scripture tells us that the noise was so loud that people were starting to gather and to come to that house where they were. And the disciples began to speak in different languages 
or at least the people that were listening to them were hearing them in their own language. You see, we don't even know if the miracle was in the speaking or in the hearing. What we do know is that the presence of the Holy Spirit made it possible for the great deeds of God to be communicated to others. The great deeds of God were being shared with all of these Jews that had gathered in that city, and each one of them was hearing it in their own language. The miracle is something we can't explain. If we could explain miracles, we probably would take credit for them. I did that, and this is how I did it. But what makes it a miracle is that we can't explain it. It's the fact that it took an intervention from God to make it happen. We simply trusted in him and called upon him and used that power given to us through the Holy Spirit. But when something miraculous happens, we often ask why. Because we just don't understand. What does this mean for us? Have you ever had something miraculous happen in your life and at the moment you didn't understand why? You didn't understand why God did that? Why that miracle happened? And it's not until later at some point that God reveals to you why it happened. This is often the case for us. We want to know the why. We want to understand why it is that God did the miracle because we understand that miracles have a purpose. But often the purpose of miracles is to inspire our faith and our trust in God. To believe that he can do the things that we can't do by ourselves. But when something miraculous happens, there's always somebody who wants to discredit the miracle, isn't there? There's always somebody who wants to analyze it from a rational point of view and try to come up with a reason why it's not a miracle. And the scripture says that there were some in the crowd that were looking at what was going on and immediately went to the default answer, they must be drunk. Because we all know that drunk people speak different languages when they're drunk enough. And we know that they're coherent enough to tell of the great deeds of God when they're drunk, right? I don't put it beside, you know, I don't, I don't say that the disciples did not get on top of something to proclaim the good deeds of God. But clearly they were not drunk. And when Peter heard this, he immediately had to get up and, and say something. He could not remain quiet. We as Christians, when somebody misinterprets what's going on with the Holy Spirit and in faith, we cannot be quiet. We need to speak up and help people understand what is going on. Peter got up and immediately said, folks, it's nine o'clock in the morning. We're not drunk. It's way too early. I know now people start drinking that early, but back then it wasn't something they did. Nine o'clock, nope, it's not that we're drunk. He says, this is something that was foretold. This is something that God had planned all along. But there's always somebody who wants to discredit what God is doing in our lives. There's always somebody who wants to be a naysayer and say, no, that's just coincidence, or that is just luck. I want to tell you something. As Christians, we are not lucky, we are blessed. 
As Christians, we are not lucky. We are favored by God. As Christians, we experience miracles because God loves us and cares about us. And he intervenes in our lives in miraculous ways. Luck has nothing to do with God's favor and blessing. So whenever you get that temptation to say, boy, that was lucky, remember that you can say, boy, I am blessed because God was with me. I was blessed. There is no coincidences in God. I don't believe that anybody that was there in Jerusalem on that day was there by coincidence. I believe that God had orchestrated the day of Pentecost on a day when he could reach the most people. I mean, if you're going to do something big like this, you do it when the city is completely full and overflowing. You do it when everybody's there and ready to hear about it. God planned it this way because he knew that there would be a lot of people in the city. But Peter confronted the accusation of being drunk. He said, we are not drunk. Joel said this would happen. Joel prophesied that God would pour out his spirit on all flesh, that your sons and daughters would prophesy, there will be visions, there will be dreams, that it would fall on everybody, sons, daughters, young and old, slave and free, everybody would be covered. That everybody could receive this gift. That the day of the Lord was coming. Sometimes we forget that the gift of the Holy Spirit is for every single one of us. And it doesn't matter whether you're a little cup or a big cup. And it doesn't matter whether you feel that you are very empty or halfway full. Because there's always more of God to pour into you. And there's always more grace and more love that can be poured into you. And there's always more faith that can be poured into you. And there's always more hope in Christ that can be poured into you. But you see, the key here is that they were ready and waiting. They were in expectation of what God was going to do. And so when the Spirit fell, they were ready for it. And they didn't just keep it to themselves. The Spirit gave them boldness to leave that house and go outside and begin to speak to the people about the deeds of God. And we can only imagine all the things that they shared about Jesus being the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And you can imagine that crowd of people just soaking it in because they were dry. They were needing that refreshing spirit to be poured out onto them. And then Peter ends this portion by saying, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone. And he was saying to that crowd, you can be saved if you call on the name of the Lord. You can have the Holy Spirit that you see these having right here. You can have the gift of God in his son, Jesus Christ. 
And you too can experience miracles in your life. The Holy Spirit comes as a powerful witness to the church to let the church know you are not alone in your work of reaching the world for Jesus Christ. God has given you the power to do miracles, to do greater things than Jesus himself did if you will trust and believe in him and grab hold to the power of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we hear that the Holy Spirit was only for the ancient church, but I don't believe that for a moment. I believe the power of the Holy Spirit is here today, right now, in each and every one of us that believes in Jesus Christ. And I believe that we can call on that Holy Spirit when people are sick. And that we can call on that Holy Spirit when we don't have peace. And we can call on that Holy Spirit when we need to see God's miraculous deeds in our lives. But we have to be ready and receptive to that Spirit. We have to receive it into our lives until it overflows. And you know, God is so gracious that all you have to do is put your cup facing up and say, I'm ready. And God pours it in until it overflows. And then just hold on because God will do things that will blow your mind. He will do things that you did not expect and he will call you to a new life different than what you had before. Because when the Holy Spirit comes in with the power of God, it sanctifies our lives and it calls us to a closer walk with Jesus. Today, I don't want to just talk to you about the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to invite you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that God is here right now ready to pour it out into you and into me and that he's given it to us as a gift. So as the praise band begins to play, I'm going to be anointing with oil right here in the middle in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that you might receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, for some people, that might mean that you speak in tongues, but everybody doesn't speak in tongues because the Spirit has many gifts. So don't feel like if you didn't speak in tongues, you didn't get it. That's not, that's not true. But I want to invite you to receive that overwhelming presence of God that lets you know that you are His and He is yours. So as the band begins to play, I'm going to be here. If you would like to receive that, you can come. I will anoint you with oil. And if you'd like to pray by yourself, you can go between the green markers on the right. If you want somebody in our prayer team to pray with you for that filling of the Holy Spirit, they're going to be here on the left. And so we invite you to come as you feel led. Let us worship.